Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Hello, it's 1.33 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott here. Neither Bob or I can figure out the on-air button in this studio, apparently. Canada trying to figure out the Red Devils, the number two ranked team in the world. Belgium has not outplayed our Canadians. However, they are leading them 1-0 through 72 minutes of football. Royal Pizza is pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years now. A menu and a list of their 15 Edmonton area, Edmonton and area locations. Uh, Go online, royalpizza.ca. Download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Not a bad idea considering we got an early hockey game tonight right through the dinner hour. So why not dial up a Royal Pizza? They are on Long Island. Let's talk about it with David Staples, our guest today from the Cult of Hockey. David, appreciate you joining us. How's it going? And let's turn that on. Let's try that again. <laughs> hey, hey, Brent. I'm a little, I'm a little antsy because the, the Canada's playing Belgium right now, and we're missing it, both of us. But um, I got it on on tape, so I'll go back and watch it all there. Uh, perfect. I was, I was thinking about doing the same thing, and I, there was no way I could keep my head out of the spoilers. So uh, we're just, <laughs> we're kind of watching it as it goes along. Um, oh man! This road trip humming along, and while there were some points in that New Jersey game that okay, we're playing Oilers hockey here. Ultimately, uh, let, let's just maybe start with how pivotal a mistake like that that Stuart Skinner made in a 1-1 hockey game can really be because it was a pretty close game, but that might have been one of the separating factors, even by Skinner's own admission. Poor goalie. I mean, poor guy. Uh, you, We both watched enough hockey to know that when a goalie uh, makes a mistake like that, there's very rarely coming back from it. You know, that said, I think the Oilers might have done it. Mike Smith made similar mistakes last year a few times, and the Oilers, I think, did battle back a few times. But, man, that is just such a psychological blow. It's not giving up any goal. It's just it's so hard to um, win on win games in the NHL and to come back from behind, uh, which the Oilers had already done once that night, correct? And, um, you know, it just, just it's, it's brutal. There's there's very little coming back from that kind of play. Even though there's still half a game to go and you're just down a goal, it just takes the life out of a team. And you see it, I've seen it repeatedly. And it's not just that. Like, it could be any bad goal from the goalie. And goalies let in about, you know, 10 to 20 real, you know, 10 goals, uh, real stinkers a year. And uh, they tend to doom a team in a game. And the Oilers have been playing up until that point a very solid um I thought uh, game on the road uh, in both games against New Jersey. Actually, they've they've been the better team. I think in terms of getting more grade A shots, getting the better shots. But the the, the difference in both games has been goaltending. Uh, Vanacek has been outstanding, and it just hasn't you know the orders netminders haven't been able to answer back. So um, yeah, it was that was a tough loss. Um, 
would have been nice to at least split those games with New Jersey. That would, it would have been justice, but that's not how uh, hockey works. Well, you think the law of averages would have maybe given Edmonton a chance against the Devils. Instead, they're set up tonight to set the franchise record if they can win number 14 in a row. The Devils are a good team. They've knocked off some solid competition, but then you look at the Islanders at 12-8, and eight, and while well, the record isn't necessarily sparkling by any means, they've beaten the Rangers twice. They've beaten Colorado. They've beaten Carolina. And I don't know what this means, so they've also beaten Toronto. So they've had some competition in, in front of them this year, and they've been able to do away with it under a, a new regime, shall we say, with Lane Lambert taking over and emphasizing more offense. Yeah, you know, uh, it's interesting how that team, you know, the, a pivotal moment in that franchise came, uh, what was it, about four years ago now with, with Tavares going to Toronto. Mm-hmm. And um, they've done actually pretty well since then. They've rebounded strongly. Um, they, they didn't break that franchise's back as many people expected, which you have to give credit to the, the management of that team for its Lula Morello for, um, for hanging in there and building up that team in the absence of of what they thought was their superstar and you know Tavares has been good in Toronto but is what does he get 12 million a year has he been 12 million a year good I don't know so that you know it's it's an interesting uh, moment for both franchises and that the Islanders have, have hung in there you know largely by playing really hard-nosed defensive hockey with opportunistic scoring so um, that's what I'll be looking for from that team tonight. I was quite surprised to see that Matt Barzell's first two goals on the year came 18 games into the season, and yet he's got 22 points and is leading the team in, in points. So while he's not necessarily finding the back of the net, they are finding ways to make it work. And he's similar to me in the way that I get the sense the fans feel about Barzell. As some of the Oilers fans feel about Darnell Nurse, and that is you have this price tag and therefore you need to be producing like this, otherwise you're in the doghouse. There's been some of that with Barzell, and maybe this year with this uh, coaching staff, it's it's catered more toward what makes him successful. He he's always been uh, more of a setup guy than a goal scorer, so no surprise to see um, him in that range. You know, I can't really speak to Barzell because I'm not watching him game in game out. Yeah. But Darnell Nurse, um, he's I think he's been a, he's he's been a solid number top pairing defenseman this year. He was really solid in the boat the first uh, dozen games. And um, but as the whole team has slumped defensively, he's been part of the issue. He had a run of four or five games, especially. I think he's getting out of it, out of that slump. He had four or five games though where things were not going right for him on defense. He just wasn't getting the job done, and and he's not the only one on the team where that happened to. But um, overall, uh, I think Darnell Nurse is having a uh, he's having a really good year. And the kind of year you expect from Darnell Nurse, like he, uh, physical play, skating with the puck, moving with the puck. He's not someone who's going to put up 50 uh, or 60 points, but he's going to he can he can put up 40 points, and um, you know in that direction at least 30 to 40 points. And um, yeah, I don't have a problem with his his pay or his play. Uh, you need that kind of big, tough D man at the top of your roster. Um, it could be one day that he'll be paired with a better puck mover than, like, you know, Cody Cease is really good, but um, he's he's not an elite puck mover. And, you know, what we'd hope to see is Evan Bouchard step up and pair with Darnell Nurse. And that'll really change Darnell Nurse's game. 
on a, on a certain level, there'll be much less pressure on him to, to skate with the puck, move the puck. And, um, you know, he, he, on a certain level, he'll have to learn to defer uh, to, to a, a more skilled offensive player. Part of the problem when Bouchard and Nurse have been together so far is that Nurse really likes to shoot from the point, but when Bouchard's out there, you want him shooting. And, um, Do we this year? Dominate the puck. <laughs> Pardon me. Yeah. I said, do we this year? Because he's found we, a lot we, of shin pads. <laughs> he, yeah. But is that typical? I mean, we've been watching. We we saw him all year last year, and uh, he. I I think Bouchard's um, not moving that well. I think he, he maybe. I don't know. Confidence comes and goes for offensive players, and if he's move, if he starts moving a little bit more at the offensive point, he's going to have success. I mean, this was not an issue last year with him getting a shot blocked. It's been an issue for about five or six games, so I, I see it as a confidence issue with Evan Bouchard right now. Um, he's also struggling on defense right now, and he's struggling on the attack, and <laughs> it's a down period for him. But eventually he'll move, you know, he will be moving up, I think, into the top pairing. Like, I, I'm i not uh, down on the player at all. Some turnovers from Bouchard have been glaring, but he's not the only one on the team who you can say that about. Uh, overall, I saw the piece you wrote about some leaky defense that the Oilers have been playing in recent games. Just talk about what you've seen that's factoring into that, because it's, it's got to be multidimensional. Well, um, you know, just as a team as a whole they've come they come out slow in games and they um i think i just think subconsciously they think you know after the offensive outpouring of the playoffs last year um i think subconsciously they think we can just come back and outscore that team and they're just they don't have they don't have consistently great defensive habits as a group of players. They're not um, consistently uh, covering the player in the defensive slot. They're not consistently executing their line changes brilliantly. They're not consistently back-checking hard enough. Um, they, they just, but suddenly they get down and then they wake up and they play better from then on in, and we've seen it in game after game after game. So this is a team that... Um, forgets that, that that great offensive outburst in the playoffs only came after almost losing to the Kings and being down three games to two and then waking up in game six and playing their best defensive game of the season and carrying that through that defensive effort. If this team commits to playing um, solid defensive hockey, which is just every player, every shift committing to defensive habits, just like they with the, the excitement and the intensity that they do uh, playing offense, um, then, then the orders can chan- channel uh, challenge for the Stanley Cup. If they don't, Brennan, they're going to be this team that sits around 500 and struggles. And it's and it's and as and I've said in the past, it's not just like the bot like you know the bottom players get a lot of criticism, the bottom pairing defensemen, the, you know the third or fourth line wingers and players like Puljujarvi and Yamamoto and Fogel who have struggled. Although Fogel's coming on a bit here. You know, it's it's at the top too. Leon Draisaitl is in a really bad defensive slump right now. He um, in the last you know in the last ten games he's made double the number of major mistakes on grade A shots than he usually makes, and you know that's that's not good. That's your he's he's still this incredible attacker, but he's not, often not ready at the start of a game to defend. And, um, you know, so, and it's not just him. McDavid's had his moments, Nugent Hopkins, Nurse, all of the best players have got to, from the opening whistle, set that high standard. Now, McDavid isn't in any kind of defensive slump this year. He's, he's playing the same level of two-way play. 
And for the last couple of years, his defense has been strong. So it's less him. But, you know, Dreisaitl, he does, he is in the, this moment where he's he's mired in a slump. I thought he actually looked um, uh, really good two games ago against Vegas. He was really moving on the ice and uh, playing hard defensive hockey. But he's got to keep up that level of intensity if the Oilers are going to do more than just struggle on at 500 here. If they're going to go on a run, which they're capable of doing, it's going to be from that. It's it's going to be from the defense leading the way, <clears throat> because that's the that's the low hanging fruit for them. They they have the offense. It's there already. They just need to buckle down on defense at the start of the game. Chatting with David Staples right now from the Cult of Hockey. You mentioned Warren Fogle coming on in recent games. Still only four points, three goals, all coming in the last week or so, if memory serves. And uh, that's in all likelihood, listen, it's a byproduct of the work he's putting in. He's also been elevated in the lineup to uh, a much higher spot than we thought he would be. Just talk about some of uh, the things that he's been doing right, David. And, and if there's anybody else that's sort of elevated their play that you've noticed, maybe that we aren't talking about over the last couple games as the team's been trying to make up for the absence of Yamamoto and Kane as well. Well, uh, Fogel is a hard-working player. He doesn't have great hands around the net as, as we all know, but he's an opportunistic scorer. Who's, he gets lots of uh, grade-A shots, but he often just drives them right at the goalie. So um, he, he just he's he's forechecking hard, working hard, and eventually it does pay off. You know, he's he scored about 10 to 20 goals a year probably about an average of 15 goals um and he, so he can score and he can certainly um be a, a complimentary player on uh, on a good line uh you know because he's just he's a decent defender he's always working hard he's forechecking hard he's doing the hard parts of the game well so um he stepped up you know who's really who's really stepping up is Connor mcdavid i mean he's yeah. been electric He's been absolutely electric on the attack. He's been trying to single-handedly will this team to get out of this. And, you know, they've been this kind of win-loss, 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 win-loss team the last little while. And he's uh, he, the effort from him is phenomenal. Uh, you know, last game, he was just, you know, the last few games, he's just flying out there on the attack. So he, he, when I think of players who are stepping up, I mean... Connor McDavid's at the top of the list. And, you know, they just need that for more players. I, I've liked Ryan McLeod, um, you know, with the puck. He's getting increasingly confident and tricky with the puck. The results aren't always there in terms of points. But, um, you know, it must, it must be tempting to think about trying him on a top line because he can really play. But, of course, then there'd be that hole at third line center. So um, he's coming on. Uh, yeah, those are the, the you know, Pulley Arby had not a bad game. Uh, last game, he you know going to the net, standing in front of the, go the goalie. Hyman's been good all year long. He's been their most consistent player in some ways. Him, he and McDavid. So, um, but yeah, it's a bit of a down, down period. And of course, Stuart Skinner, other than the last game, has been the backbone of the team. Yeah, he has. And uh, we look at a, an opportunity here in all likelihood. We don't have confirmation, but we should see Jack Campbell starting in this game. And this has really been the talk not only of the town, David, but as the hockey world. Did Edmonton bet wrong on a 5 by 5 contract with this guy? We are way, way too early to make a sort of judgment call on that. Unfortunate bit of, of happenstance there is he gets hit in the face with the puck. Doesn't sound like he'll miss any time at all. But uh, overall, I mean, you just, I think it's going to be as much about the team and how they play in front of him as he regains his confidence as it is about what Campbell's doing between the pipes. 
Yeah, you know there there was the um, the analyst McKenna. I, what's his first name? It's not Sean. Um, who did a great an- analysis last week of um, Oh, Mike McKenna. Yeah, yeah. Mike McKenna yeah. of of Campbell. The holes in Campbell's game. And you know what? Goaltending is the <laughs> it's the one thing I I'm always hesitant to say anything about because it's a highly it's an extremely technical position. And uh, when you hear the people who really know goaltending talk about it, they're talking at a level that the average sports fan, which includes me, um, does not comprehend. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we had Mike on the show, and I thought he did a pretty good job putting it in layman's terms. But I I know what you mean. Positioning and stuff. I can get what he's saying when he says it, but I can't. I could never, uh, you know, break down a goalie game and say those kinds of things. Right. Just, that's that's way, way above my pay grade. So I don't know. It's been like he had this whole list of technical things, which I cannot remember now. Uh, that Jack Campbell has got to work on. You know, something about having one foot ahead of the other foot, and um, you know, the consequences of that was the main one that I can recall. So you know, I don't know. Like if Jack Campbell and the goalie coaches read that and agreed with it or disagreed that would be interesting to know if they got anything out of that uh, assessment themselves but it was a detailed assessment and there does seem to be something wrong with him i mean he, he doesn't seem to be square to shots as you know as a layman like me would put it he doesn't see you know like skinner is right he's just square to the sh- shot solid to the sh- shot and a lot of them seem to just hit him so they're not hitting jack campbell they're going through him and um he, he has been a good goalie in the past. So even though some Toronto uh, bloggers and the fans are gloating already that the Leafs uh, escaped the bullet, if I was a Leafs um, fan, I wouldn't be gloating just based on the number of great players that that team has let go, including Zach Hyman and Cody Ceci. Like, you don't think they'd want those two players back and Tyson Berry. Um, you know, I know they can't afford everyone in Toronto, but... Um, Maybe they didn't always spend their money most wisely. Yeah, certainly not. Uh, 150 here in Edmonton. David, any, anything you're going to have your eye on tonight as the Oilers and Islanders contest this game out at UBS Arena? Well, obviously, Campbell and, and, uh, and Dreisaitl. I just want to see whatever he does on the attack. I just want Leon. Like, when he keeps it simple, stupid out there on the ice in his defense, and just, you know, when, he's, when Leon gets, he, he's, he's, he's a brilliant player. So what he will do, Brendan, is he starts to try to read the game and try to pick off passes in the D zone instead of playing his position. You know, he's kind of freelancing a bit. That's when he gets in trouble. I just want to see a, a simple, solid defensive game where he's on his man in the defensive slot and on the right side of his man and wi- willing himself to win those battles, which he can do because of his incredible physicality on the ice. So I'm going to keep an eye on that and uh, Jack Campbell in that. Awesome. Enjoy the game tonight, David. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Brendan. Bye-bye. David Staples from the Cult of Hockey. You can find his work in the Edmonton Journal or online at DStaples on Twitter. Uh, let's remind you right now that Japanese Village is Edmonton's favorite Japanese steakhouse. Reserve your party today at jvedmonton.ca. Their uh, sesame sauce is literally to die for. 151 in Edmonton. We'll be back to wrap up the show after this. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. I read the rules before I broke them. I broke the chains before they choked me out. I remember dancing this. Cactus Jacks, Kamloops, BC. A young buck, freshly in university. 
That was more classified. We're keeping the Canadian tunes rolling today, and that's because Canada is rolling along at the World Cup in Qatar. They have absolutely hung around with Belgium. Unfortunately, Alfonso Davies, uh, with a missed penalty attempt about 11 minutes into this game, Looks like it's going to be the difference. Belgium up one nothing and creeping into the penalty area right now. As we speak, um, did I tell you about Royal Pizza already? Did I did I inform the masses? I did. Okay, so let's go to this day in Oilers history, which is brought to you by New West Travel. Give the gift of travel and join Oilers now in Vegas this January. See the Oilers play the Golden Knights. Call New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. 1981, which was five years before the last time Canada was in the World Cup of Soccer. <clears throat> Glenn Anderson with a hat trick and a helper. Matty Hagman goes the other way, a goal and three assists as the Oilers beat the Red Wings 8-4 to four at Northlands Coliseum. Ron Lowe stopping 30 of 34 shots for Edmonton. Uh, tonight is the Oilers and Islanders. Bit of an 80s throwback matchup, but um, with a much different feel this time. Though, if you look at the roster, the Islanders could probably compete in an 80s-style game. Not against the 80s players, but modern-day players. They've got a bunch of guys, 6'4", 6'5". This could turn into uh, a game where Edmonton gets bullied a little bit because that's how the Islanders tried to handle things last time. So we'll see. We'll see what's in store. Game coverage starting on 6.30, Chad, at 4 o'clock. Reed Wilkins has the City Ford Face-Off show. Game time from UBS Arena at 5.30. Uh, tomorrow, we will recap this Oilers-Islanders game, and then we'll hear from Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBrusque from GCL Diesel. At least that's the latest that I've heard. Time for a couple more text messages here. Uh, let's see. When loading uh, Dry99 in Airdrie says, is there a stat for when a team scores a huge goal during the game to take the lead or come within a goal and then allows a goal themselves within three minutes or takes a penalty? Again, this from uh, Dry99 in Airdrie. This is something that I saw going back to last year as a problem. I agree with this texter. You've got to be able to hold momentum in a game. So if you do manage to score first, and the Oilers have only done that eight times, they are seven of eight when they score first. So if you do manage to score, you got to hold the lead. Don't let the other team score. My goodness. My goodness. In soccer, you might just lay back and keep possession for a while. That's sort of how Belgium has managed to upset Canada here. It's not an upset. Of course it's not. That would have been an upset if Canada won. But I think Canada just outplayed Belgium and ended up losing. Let's see what happens on the ice tonight. Again, you'll hear it all live on your radio airwaves coming up a little later on. Bob is back tomorrow. Right now, we'll have a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3 p.m. Then an hour of 6.30 Chet Afternoons with Jay Lynn Nye before Reed takes over to set up the hockey game. Appreciate everybody that's texted in. Big thanks to our guests as well. Brendan Escott here saying so long from the 6.30 Chet Studios.